actually December 9th, 2003. My wife uh, refers to it as the brain explosion of 2003. Uh, I hadn't been feeling well for a couple weeks. I'd gone to the doctors, they couldn't find anything wrong with me. Uh, and that night, on December 9th, I actually had a grand mal seizure. Uh, and they put me in a drug-induced coma and actually told my wife that uh, be prepared to say goodbye. Welcome to Waking Up for Life with Rabbi Josh, a podcast built around conversations with people in our community who have found enlightenment in their lives. While these events may not seem life-changing, this conversation will reveal how these moments shape the way my guests see the world. This informal conversation and insights from Jewish tradition may just change your life as well. And if not, it's just 18 minutes with me. So let's hide to life. Today we welcome Ian Bernstein, who is a entrepreneur and the president of the Bernstein Medical Clinic. It's such a pleasure to have Ian with us today. He is not only a friend, but an important member of our Jewish community here in Detroit. And I'm really looking forward to having you on the show. Thank you, Rabbi. Thanks for, thanks for having me. So, Ian, you've had many opportunities to see the world with new perspectives. In your own personal life, uh, we've shared stories about incidents that have changed the way you see things in terms of your experiences with other people and experiences with business. But I think none of them was more valuable or poignant than a health episode that you had a few years ago. And I'm hoping you can share just a little bit of that story with the audience. Sure, be happy to. So uh, it was actually December 9th, 2003. My wife uh, refers to it as the brain explosion of 2003. Uh, I hadn't been feeling well for a couple weeks. I'd gone to the doctors, they couldn't find anything wrong with me. Uh, and that night on December 9th, I actually had a grand mal seizure. Uh, and they put me in a drug-induced coma and actually told my wife that uh, be prepared to say goodbye. Um, they couldn't figure out what was wrong, test after test, um, thought it was strokes, thought it was this, thought it was, they, they couldn't put a label on it. Uh, eventually they realized I had severe brain damage and that uh, if I were to make it, I'd have a long, long road back and would likely not make it back. So uh, I woke up eight days later after being in a coma. I don't remember the first four of them. And uh, to put it mildly, to, to wake up uh, and to not have your faculties and not have your, your mind work and doubt everything that you know and believe and um, and quickly after coming home, realizing that you know every doctor who came in to see me said it was a miracle that I was alive to begin with, um, it, was, it was actually called acute disseminated encephalomyelitis. Took me about a year to be able to say that. Yeah, can you say that uh, three times? Right, yes. exactly. ADEM, they call it for short. And uh, long story short, um, I, I couldn't do the most basic tasks. Um, I couldn't be in a room where two people were talking at once. I couldn't do anything math related when I was in real estate. Numbers were a huge part of my game. Uh, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't do anything directionally. At first, I couldn't drive a car, so uh, there was many things that I couldn't do. Uh, and the medication that they had me on was severely depressing, and it was a a very bleak outlook. Uh, and so. And, and I knew that I couldn't do the, the basic things I was able to do before. 
and but I was trying to hide it, which put up a lot of defenses and I was not a very pleasant person to be around. Um, but I realized quickly through that process that uh, I wouldn't have made it if but for a million different items happening all coming together. Number one, having the, the medical resources. You know, my father had just passed away and he was a doctor. And so other medical professionals stepped right in to go above and beyond for me. Um, my wife was incredible, uh, forced me into going into uh, occupational therapy when I refused to do it. I mean, literally six months away from this, out from this uh, incident doing third grade workbooks and not getting the answers right. That's how bad it was. Uh, but most important, she actually forced me to change my, uh, my medical doctor. Actually, we switched uh, to a, common, a mutual friend of ours, actually, uh, John Fellows, who I tell him all the time I see him, the world's greatest doctor, and, and literally saved my life. I mean, literally took me out of my funk and, and got me on a, on a path. So all these things, that, and, and I also had an employer that stuck behind me while this was all happening too. Never once uh, Bruce and Dan Israel stood behind me, kept me employed, which kept my confidence going. And, and I worked and I worked and I worked. And, and I realized afterwards that there's a, a, a community at large, they, whether it was driving me places because I couldn't drive or bringing food over for us. And not to mention at the time, uh, we were eight weeks pregnant with our first child. <laughs> so uh, almost didn't get to meet him. Um, so you have this incredible, incredible new outlook on life once you can kind of get to the other side. Uh, for a while, I, I was a miserable person. But once I got there and was able to reflect, I saw what it took to help me get there. And um, I will tell you, uh, Every day is a gift. I call every day a bonus day. Um, and uh, very little bothers me. I get upset with myself when someone I let something bother me that is so, you know, so small. And so, you know, don't sweat the small stuff certainly applies to me. Um, it motivated me to give back to the people that helped me. Um, I really stepped up my, um, my involvement in community. Uh, in, in charities, um, you know, running the Bernstein Clinic, you know, after my dad passing away um, has been one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given. And I just really appre appreciate every day. I mean, it changed how, how I, how I operate in business. You know, I took a chance and left a job and, uh, and it changed how I enjoy and I go with full gusto on vacations and, and how I, interact with friends. So it, it, my outlook is forever changed. So I, I'm listening to you tell the story. We've talked about this incident before, and I, I didn't even realize it. In, in many ways, you are living the title of this podcast, Waking Up to Life. You literally woke up to life. And even these many years later, I'm hearing the emotion in your voice when you talk about those first days. So is there a single lesson that you think is the most powerful experience that you take away from that initial moment? So I would say, and I don't know if I'm necessarily answering the question, but I, you know, my father had passed away two or three, it was September, end of September, and this happened beginning of December. So my father just passed away not long before it. And I remember having this very intense conversation with him when he told me about his diagnosis, about how he had no regrets, right? He, he lived a great life, you know, Terrible that he's going to leave the earth at age 60, not meet my kids. Um, but, uh, you know, he said, I've exceeded all the expectations of my life and I have no regrets. So when this, I was still in the process of kind of digesting what had just happened 
losing you know, my best friend, best man at my wedding. And, uh, and then for something like this to happen to me so suddenly that when I got to the other side, I just, that my dad's st- you know, saying about living without regret uh, just is so important and something that I've lived by from that moment. I mean, literally, I mean, the day before I went bowling with my friends, <laughs> bowled the 201, what I mean, I had like, was out and doing what I normally do. And then the next day, basically, I mean, just unbelievably lucky to be alive, let alone being where I'm at today. So, so many people who know you, your friends, your community members, people with whom you work, all know that that is the Ian we experience, right? The guy who is willing to try anything, willing to be open to anything, really in, in, in many amazing ways, no judgment of anybody. For me, that's one of the most powerful pieces of your story is that you have allowed that incident to expand your social circle, to expand your business circle, to enter into the community. So I'm wondering if there is something that was triggered in you that has allowed you to sort of get rid of that judgmental side and be a more welcoming, open, loving person and how it's affected even your personal relationships. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I just have to think that the, the appreciation for life and realizing, okay, it was almost over, right? It could have easily been done. Um, and I don't wanna leave anything on the table. And so I want everything to be better. I want to have more experiences and travel more with my kids. I wanna be a better husband. I wanna you know, do things with my friends that uh, we're gonna just create in, incredible memories. Um, you know, I, despite any, you know, it, it just made me realize talking to my dad a lot over the six months after his diagnosis until he passed was, you know, nobody else is going to remember how much money he had or how hard he worked, right? That's not, it's not important, but they will remember the fact that he touched thousands of patients uh, in, a, in a way that is unimaginable and, and gave them dignity. And it really inspired me to, to make sure that I didn't uh, do anything short of that. I wanted to make sure that I could help and inspire people as well. So your father taught you explicitly that lesson and then your experience, that medical moment, allowed you to put his teaching into practice. I'm wondering, do you yeah. have these explicit conversations with your wife, Marcy, with your kids? Is this something that you talk about as a, a new version of who you are explicitly with your family? I don't know that I would say anything new. I mean, it, it's, it's funny. I mean, uh, I joke about this, but it's in, in some way true. I mean, there's nothing for me to know. Like I, I literally could have woken up from this experience and been a different person. Yeah. Right. I could have been a much worse person before, a much better person now, and everyone could be telling me how I was before. Right. Literally that's, what could be happening within my mind. So I don't know that I necessarily uh, talk about how different I am from that experience, but I certainly uh, grew from it. Um, and I will tell you, uh, my wife who, you know, first of all, I'm unbelievably lucky to be, you know, be with her for 30 years, actually tomorrow will be 30 years. Huh, and just, yeah, and so, uh, you know, just the uh, the idea that she had the ability to 
had the skill set and the ability to push me through to, to make these changes within my treatment and not let me just suffer um, and wouldn't accept no from me, um, I think really changed me. So I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of them, I do talk to the kids a ton about the lessons that I've learned from it. But what you just said really inspired me uh, in this moment. You are not necessarily a different person than the person you were before, but your outlook is maybe different. Maybe in the spirit of this podcast, you woke up to recognizing how important it is to live out that reality in your life. And I want to just transfer the conversation a little bit to the side this didn't just happen once, right? You had another incident in your life as a yeah. person who needed a, a kidney transplant to yeah. sort of learn the lesson over again. I, do you think that you, you're just stubborn, you needed more than one episode? <laughs> I guess the first one maybe didn't take enough. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I knew actually that I had got diagnosed with this disease before that incident, just before the incident happened, like a year earlier. Uh, you know, my, it's a, uh, my mom had the disease as well. My grandfather had it. Hopefully my kids will not, um, but we, uh, I, I knew it was coming and uh, uh, happened a lot earlier than I ever anticipated, probably 15 to 20 years earlier than I thought it would happen or would hope it would happen because uh, I was living a very you know, regimented, healthy life to try to extend the life of the kidneys that I had and just universe didn't want to uh, agree with me. So um, I learned a ton through that experience as well, um, you know, just the power of I received a kidney from a stranger. I've become very close with his family. Uh, and what's really been great is I've been able to mentor a lot of other people about my experience and, and formed incredible relationships and friendships. Uh, but this seems, to be, this seems to be a real theme for you, right? So you come out of one experience and you begin to change other people's lives. You come out of the kidney moment and you take advantage of that chance to make a difference in the world. Your father died and, and the clinic is created in his honor as a, as a community clinic offering free healthcare to members of, in our community. Why is it so important for you to use your skill set, your resources to teach and give to others? Well, I don't know how much I'm actually helping. I hope I'm helping others, but um, I just feel that's the right thing to do. I mean, just from the, from both my parents, I learned that at a young age and it just, I feel like, uh, I've been given two incredible, incredible gifts and, um, you know, could be easily been the other way around. And so, um, kind of cheated death now twice. And, uh, I just feel like if I can help other people, number one, it, it feels good. It feels right. And uh, it's just, I guess, part of what I feel I need to do. I, I don't, I can't explain it. Well, I, I appreciate your humility in suggesting that you may or may not be making a difference in this world. Uh, those of us who know you are in so many examples inspired by your work. Uh, I have to have you on the podcast again and talk more about the clinic itself and, and the work you're doing there. But even just as I watch you as a husband and a father, as a friend, uh, I, I'm really overwhelmed with the, the humanity that you bring to the world. And in, in, in Hebrew, the word anava or humility is part of the Musar tradition. And it's one of the core values that we start with. 
to then build the next stage of life. So that I want to just sort of move towards the end of this conversation by asking you a question about that humility. What is the next stage? What comes out of your humility in terms of what do you see in the future? Like what, what is your role here given these experiences that you've had in the past? So, uh, you know, one of the things I, I think is most important is for, for me personally is to, uh, is to continue what I'm doing with the clinic. I think we can actually, some of the things that we've implemented and we're right on course before COVID happened and it's thrown us off a bit because we have partnerships with hospitals. But um, I think the way that we're doing things at the Bernstein Clinic could actually um, really help change the way things, I mean, if done right, could really help change the way healthcare is, is done for indigent people in this country. I think we're onto something. Um, so to me, that's where I feel I can really make the most difference in the world. And it's more than just giving back to people in terms of free healthcare. It's about changing the way we see the system of healthcare and maybe yes. getting to a better place. And, and quite frankly, maybe COVID is a positive in that way that we are here in this moment, but yeah. there are now opportunities in front of us. Yeah, no, the, the only thing I think that's really limited us is just really, well, I know the only thing that's really limiting us right now is the capacity of the hospitals who are just, you know, right now they're just focused on doing what's right in front of them and planning is very challenging for them and I get it. Um, but once uh, once they can kind of stabilize uh, the system a bit um, and you're right, I mean, timing could be on our side because we actually provide them a way to save a ton of money. Um, and while we're giving great dignity, we're also help. I think we can actually help the economic system, you know, for not only the hospitals, but, you know, for Medicare and Medicaid, I think we can actually make a, a, a very significant difference. And I think it's fair to say there's a straight line from your own medical challenges and the lessons you've learned to how you can use that to help other people have experiences that are better in the medical system. Yeah. And, and beyond, really, in our lives. And that, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you here today, because I think you have a mind that approaches life in this beautiful way that really can help other people. So we're coming to the end of the podcast, and I, I have one question that I've asked every one of my guests so far. It's a, a simple one, but I think it tells a lot about you and about your family. Is there a book that you've recently read or a television show that you're binge watching through this pandemic that you would say has given you another lesson of life? Oh God. Uh, <laughs> I really can't think of anything um, as far as, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I actually, so the, the, the last book I read was this book uh, by a guy named Bill Browder. Uh, uh, it's called uh, Red Rising, I think it's called. Uh, he basically went to went to Russia when they opened up the Soviet Union and uh, got hosed by the uh, Russian government, the Soviet government on actually it. It was Russian government by then uh, on some business. And rather than just taking it um, and risking his own life, he actually took them on uh, and won. And so it, it was a uh, well, it's more of a business book, but the, the, the lesson, and, and um, now two things happened. Number one, he took him on and one, he had the courage to do it. But number two, uh, during the process, one of his best friends um, and coworkers was killed uh, 
trying to, you know, trying to support him. And um, through that, he went back and actually got legislations passed through, through Congress, which is put in a law. It's called the Magnitsky Act, and it helps uh, people who could be tortured or taken advantage of in other countries. So he took his experience and then went and helped other people. So I think that that it's exactly the same story, right? Is it, this is, I think we're often attracted to books that reflect some of our own personal values. And, and that's very similar. We have experiences and yeah. we have two choices to be beaten by them or to beat them and use them in our favor and for the betterment of our community. And uh, Ian, I, I'm just, I love having you as a friend and Mutual. I'm having this chance to talk today. I really thank you for being a part of this podcast. I don't know if you have a, a last moment of something you want to share. No, it's just, uh, it's an honor to be here. And I'd say that uh, I'm happy that uh, we got to celebrate your 25th anniversary and uh, you deserve all the accolades you received. Thank you. It's been great to have Ian Bernstein, a local entrepreneur here in the suburbs of Detroit, the president of the Gary Bernstein Medical Clinic in Pontiac, Michigan. Ian, you are an inspiration to all of us, and uh, I hope those of you who are watching will tune in next time as we continue the dialogue with members of our community who have woken up to life through moments that they've experienced. Uh, until then, we'll time to all of